0: Welcome to the Parents' Way podcast, where we invite you to a conversation about progressive politics, spirituality, and parenting. My name is Angela Jernigan, and I'm here today with my partner and husband.
1: I'm Neil Stonis.
0: We will be talking this morning about raising a daughter who loves her body in an age where there's a misogynist in the White House.
1: (laughs) We'll take one slice out of this today, because it's a huge topic, but we'll take one one piece of it that affects us in our very common day-to-day lives, shopping,
0: Shopping. grocery
1: shopping in particular.
0: Grocery shopping in particular. We were standing in the kitchen yesterday with our almost 10-year-old daughter, and um, we were somehow talking about the images... The way the world portrays what women's bodies should look like. And she said, I try not to look at those magazines when we're standing on the checkout line at the grocery store. And
1: she because you had suggested to her many years ago that she shouldn't look at them. Yes. Right. (laughs) I mean, somehow it really stuck that she should not look at these magazines. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I was just really pleased because I realized, oh, she she internalized that, yeah. that when she was a little, little girl and we were at CVS um, and there was the first time I saw her aware of a magazine with a woman in a bikini on the cover. And I said, oh, honey, don't look at that. That's, you know, that's a very silly picture of a woman. Um, And I turned the magazine over and that began a practice of avoiding the aisle with the magazines, turning the magazines over if we couldn't avoid them. And it's just been kind of part of how we engage the world. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. And to be clear, it wasn't the bikini that was your objection.
0: No, the bikini was not my objection. <laughs> I've been known to wear a bikini myself.
1: <laughs> in Leah's presence.
0: In, in Leah's presence, right. yes. No, no. It was um, the skinny woman with uh, no hips and no, ab- like, flat abs and just the, yeah, the image right. of the skinny white woman um, that's held up again and again and again and again as what quote-unquote, pretty looks like.
1: Right, and we know that these images, they're not... I mean, even the models can be very skinny, and they still Photoshop these images to make him look even more unnaturally thin. Exactly. So, yeah.
0: So yesterday we were standing in the kitchen, and we were talking, again, about, about the images and the many, many confusions out there around what is a normal healthy looking body especially a female body and she said oh i try not to look at those images um on magazines and i felt very proud and pleased that Mm -hmm. she had internalized this little act of protest and i told her that when i was a kid i don't know that i had told her this before when i was in high school i had a subscription to shape magazine which was a plus sized magazine um And I was a very small woman, girl, um, at the time. But I realized that when I was looking through fashion magazines with skinny, skinny models, at the end of the magazine, I would feel terrible about myself. But that when I saw images of more normal-looking women, which is really in the plus-size magazines, they just look normal. Um, So
1: hold Can I just pause there for a second? Because now I'm just aware as you're talking I'm just a guy and I look at these magazines. And so when you say plus size, tell me, kind uh, of instruct me, inform me as a guy, as a guy. <laughs> what it really means. Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> so plus size magazines are supposed to be, or plus size clothing is uh-huh. supposed to be clothing for basically fat women. And plus size magazines, I think the first one came out um, when I was in high school. It mm-hmm. wasn't Shape magazine, that's different. I'm forgetting what it was called, but it was a a magazine with what were supposed to be plus-sized women featured in the magazine. They actually just looked more like ordinary women instead of emaciated women. I mean ordinary to curvy, but you know, far from what I would think of as obese, you know? They were right. just not emaciated. And so this was the magazine that I had a subscription to because I felt like it was the only magazine I could look at where at the end I didn't feel terrible about myself. And so that I think is what started my thinking about my own daughter and wanting Mm. early on to be um, Mm. just very aware of what images she her her little brain is soaking in right. about women and bodies and and if it can make you feel that bad to just look at one magazine, what would it be like to not have a childhood where those images are in front of you all the time? All the
1: time, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. that really is the time that we live in. It's, I mean, advertising imagery and these magazine t- style imagery are around us all the time.
0: Absolutely.
1: And they are intended to make you feel bad. I mean, that's it's actually the point of them, right? It's like they say you can have this too, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, not if you also want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, but that's the point. Yes, right, right.
0: Yeah. I was reading a, a book by Henry Nouwen this week called Life of the Beloved, and he was talking about um, how capitalism... Trades on telling us again and again and again in so many ways that we're insufficient. Um, something's wrong with us. We're, we're not enough. We're too much of this, not enough of that. Yeah. Um, and that it's counting on us to feel fundamentally bad about who we are so that we will be well positioned to purchase all of the products and supplies and ways that are available to better ourselves. And so um, that's that's what this reminds me of, how much money that, that is earned on body shame. You know, that this yeah. is a mass, mass industry.
1: So you're making the connection here between, um, I mean, we last episode we spoke about the spiritual life of children, mm-hmm. lives of children. And so what you're saying is that this enormous industry is a direct assault on the spiritual lives of children absolutely right i mean that's yes. the, that's a connection there that yeah we're s- right
0: in the last episode we were saying that the spiritual life of children is really the life of children yeah. it's our spiritual lives are our access to the full aliveness that is our birthright really right and the ways that the civilized world hampers our access to our own full aliveness and so yes this fits right into that conversation
1: and um i mean there's a number out there i don't even know anymore if that's an accurate number but that we receive like three thousand advertising messages a day some people say it's much more than that even i believe it Um, because advertising is basically everywhere Mm -hmm. all the time um and there's basically only one message in advertising, I think, and the message is you suck yeah, <laughs> yeah. right I mm-hmm. mean there's something fundamentally wrong with you, and here's what you need to do to overcome that, compensate for it or whatever and um and that's the li- that's the world that we grow that we raise our children in, yes, yeah,
0: yeah, and how much um their young lives are influenced by the market and by these messages that they're not okay in yeah. one way or another and for girls a lot of that is around their appearance and their body. Yeah. So it was interesting because we were talking yesterday in the kitchen with Leah about it and um and she got very excited about the possibility of taking this a step further and maybe joining with some other moms and daughters in our area and figuring out what a little campaign might look like to get stores on board, to not have these images of girls and women um, where all eyes can see them, Um, to just frame it as let's, let's be a feminist culture around our girls. Let's not be an era of... Of of Trump <laughs> and Trump's take on women. Yeah. Let's let's just take a stand against that together as a community.
1: Even though I mean, uh, I'd love to blame Trump for everything, <laughs> but this <laughs> precedes him by a few decades <laughs> at least. I yes, think, right? Yes, I mean, yes, yes. Although I mean, his his ownership of the Miss Universe uh, pageant is, of course, part of this. But anyway, um, right? This I affects us a day. De- this is a day to day occurrence right this is yes absolutely
0: i didn't mean he's the author of this Um, but i think just when there's a misogynist in the white house and when you're raising a daughter how then do you engage with the civilized world and all of its misinformation about girls and women and so i've i'm just kind of intrigued i don't know if we'll actually do it together but i'm intrigued but with it with the idea um mostly because i think it would be a fabulous thing to join with other mm-hmm. moms and daughters around and f- and to have even these small ways of taking a stance and and letting our daughters know there's a there's a moment of choice about how deeply we're going to take these in and that yeah. even though of course some of these attitudes about our bodies are going to get in. I Mm -hmm. mean, I think it's very hard to escape the the self-criticism of one's own appearance as anybody in this culture, but especially if you're female. But that you can also have a counter attack in your own mind. Yeah. And you can remember, ah, no, that's just internalized sexism. That's just internalized sexism. And I also have a platform inside myself from which to fight against that.
1: And we were also talking about... The importance of this for boys, yes, because they also need to realize that what they're seeing on the and the ma- same magazine stands is not what women look like or even should look like,
0: exactly, and that
1: they're not s- internalizing these kind of expectations mm-hmm. uh, of bodies, their own or women's bodies, yeah. ever, really, um, that they get to grow up and uh, appreciate a different world with a different. Different experience of bodies, yes. Than this one, this externalized, impos- impossible um, imagery-based experience of, of bodies.
0: This is something that I've just marvelled about you again and again, Niels. And I'm I'm not sure if it's a Dutch thing or a European thing, but I feel like you are a little bit. N- you know, I'm sure you're not completely removed, but a little bit Mm. removed from this very American way of evaluating bodies along this one criteria of how they look externally.
1: I blame my mother.
0: You blame your mother. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I do. She She was so strong. She was so strong in her reactions. Every time um, I would have a reaction as a young boy growing up to women's bodies that w- was in alignment with kind of a mainstream cultural view mm-hmm. she would have a real reaction to it and it was a felt reaction it wasn't just like a uh, she wouldn't scold me or sit me down and teach me a lesson or any of that Sh- she just had a felt reaction mm-hmm. and that's what I remember she just it hurt her uh-huh um, and she let you see that and she let me see it yeah uh-huh. yeah and um, you know maybe I'll tell you this story When I was, I think, 13, a whole bunch of people from my class, we all went to take, once a week we went to do ballroom dancing. Uh, And we learned the foxtrot and the tango and the cha-cha-cha. And and, um, later on I realized that these dance schools, we did it for one year, these dance schools had um, a policy of allowing just a few more girls in than boys. And they would always, it was horrible, right? And I had no idea about this at the beginning. I was 13, I had no idea. But we were with a whole group. And we were kind of evenly matched. And there was always this moment, you know, all gentlemen choose a lady or something. Some I forget what the language was, but it's not man choose a woman. It's like all gentlemen choose a lady or something of that sort. And so then you would stand up and you go and invite somebody, an, a woman, to young girl <laughs> she's also 13 to dance anyway so there would always be a few women um left over a few and girls a few girls yeah and very and that started to th- i started to see them and they were always the same and i kind of had a chuckle about it at home one time uh-huh. and my mother was horrified she was just horrified
0: uh-huh.
1: um because
0: i'm guessing this wasn't the quote-unquote cutest girl in the class.
1: You know Yeah and uh, sh- it was not somebody in my class. So they w- I think uh, in my memory they were not girls I knew. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, they these w- probably not girls who um I don't have an imagery anymore, but probably not girls who you, you would see on a magazine.
0: Uh-huh. Anyway, I, t- I came uh-huh.
1: home and sh- and she would just be horrified and it was there was I don't remember lessons, I don't remember words, I don't remember any of that. I just remember her emotional response to my kind of laughter about this yes and um and it just impacted me it's like this hurts them this you're actually actively hurting these girls by this reaction Mm
0: -hmm. that's what it showed me yes
1: and um so yeah and i responded to that and and i made sure i mean there's been several times i never told this to anybody or didn't tell my mom or something like that but i did invite them to dance after that Mm Um, not always, because yeah. usually it was with my friends, but sometimes. Yeah. And so so that's, anyway, I just wanted to w- name that. It's that emotional felt reaction that I remember most. There was no curriculum or...
0: Sure, Right. yeah. Um,
1: no lesson. I mean, I'm sure she s- had things to say. Yes, uh, absolutely. But it would not have done anything if she had been just s- kind of stone-faced about it. So.
0: What's striking to me about it is... Um, what I think she she did was she kept those girls human in your yeah. eyes right I mean her reaction I'm imagining was imagining herself in those in the shoes of that girl, which when your mother then is imagining herself empathizing with that girl, you also can empathize with her, and so some of it is about. As we, as parents, remember the humanity of people,
1: I think we she help was our children remember. I think she was um, mo- mostly reacting as like, I can't believe my son is looking at other people this way. Yeah, she held higher uh-huh. higher standards for me. Uh-huh. That's what it r- I think it was about in large part.
0: Well, good for Henny.
1: Yeah, she was like, no, 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 yeah. my my son doesn't look at other people that way. Uh-huh. That's that was the Im- that's I think. The strong sense, and I uh-huh. think, yeah, yeah, I mean, at least that's my that was my takeaway. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, well, that was it just. Worked. So it worked, honey. Worked, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, that's uh-huh. that. Just one story. Um, yeah, I we think w-
0: part of what I'm I'm thinking is that we can't protect our kids from being exposed to the world. Right. But. I mean, not completely, 100% of the time, forever, Um, as much as I would like that, (laughs) not really. Um, But it really is on us to model how we're going to engage with oppressive systems when we encounter them. And that if we act like it's normal to only think that certain kinds of bodies are beautiful, Mm -hmm. then our children have no choice but to have that same reaction. And so some of it is about, like, I'm remembering also um, the book Playful Parenting by Larry Cohen. Uh Um, Lawrence Cohen. What's his name?
1: Lawrence Cohen. Larry Cohen. Lawrence Cohen. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Um, Because Leah was really wanting a Barbie doll when she was maybe four. I think she was about four and i went back and forth because i had not been allowed to have barbie dolls which didn't really solve the problem it just made me covet the barbie dolls of all my friends and almost gave me a bit of a barbie doll obsession uh-huh. um, but so i went to larry cohen's book because he talks about entering into play with children Around the things like violent play, or when they're working out through play, their feelings about things in the larger culture. I think he was talking about uh-huh. gun play. Uh-huh. Um, but I borrowed from this um, the idea that maybe it was going to be okay for her to have a Barbie doll, but a lot would be said by what my reaction was to the Barbie doll. And so. So we regularly talked about like oh Barbie's great but we feel so bad for her because she's so clearly underfed. Um <laughs> and and that became kind of a regular theme like poor Barbie, poor Barbie because if she were a real grown-size person she wouldn't even be able to hold her head up. She's so skinny and right. um so we started the conversation and um and and then also turned Barbie into an adventure hero who jumped off the couch and did flips through the air she wa- we were we weren't just keeping her as somebody you adorn and dress up and make sure she looks beautiful um but kind of pushing the edges of of what you would expect in barbie doll play
1: you're awesome <laughs> well no it's just great it's just only great. through
0: panicking well you know <laughs> panicking we, yeah, asking for help yeah, reaching out sure. yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I do want to say on this topic that a lot of the work around raising daughters who love their bodies um, is internal to moms, that I think the yeah. most significant work that I've had to do is engage my own feelings about my own body, and, um, and that's, a, that's a real process, and that takes time. and. Yeah. Um, and kind of remembering my own shame in having a budding body as a young girl and um, just being willing to unpack that a bit and get to a place of being more comfortable in my body as a grown woman. And I think that um, our daughters probably won't be more comfortable than we are with their bodies well, actually my daughter is more comfortable than I am but <laughs> um but I think what we model is how we are with ourselves yeah. um so it's at once very personal work but it may also as we know the personal is political and the political is personal we yeah. may find ways to engage in the wider world as well um maybe by organizing with local stores
1: and I because when you were talking a moment ago about turning over that magazine in the grocery store, not turning it over is also normalizing, right? Your silence in that moment yes. is also a signal. Yes. That's what? I yeah.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And
1: your rejection of it is so it you can. You're always going to have a signal to your child uh-huh. about that fr- that magazine cover.
0: Yes yes and your
1: silence normalizes it right yeah can i just Mm -hmm. name one thing because i when you're talking about these magazines covers i'm thinking about um glamour um people's magazine and these kind of more cosmopolitan Mm -hmm. um but then the the grocery stores some other grocery stores that are more upscale don't typically feature these but they have like yoga and healthy living and mind body blah 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 and and i think they're just as bad personally i mean i just really abhor them i think they're just as bad and i think they're doing the exact same thing they're having the exact same product the exact same imagery and the exact same style of advertising that product as cosmopolitan and these other magazines just to a different crowd
0: absolutely and in a way it's more dangerous because it it pretends it's about health. That's right. Instead of saying the most important thing about you is being beautiful, like Glamour ah. says. At least it's honest.
1: Right, exactly. That yeah. we're,
0: we're interested in what women look like. At yeah. least that's honest. Yeah. Yoga journal, not so much. It's
1: about your inner peace. It's about and your, your inner, inner peace. Is going to show you <laughs> when you're thin and the radiant j- skin and <laughs> your hair is just flowing down your neck back. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hor. Oh, it's horrid. Yeah,
0: there are many sizes to healthy.
1: Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: I'm also aware, I don't mean to be holding myself or our family up as the model of having figured it out. I feel very, very aware of how much we haven't figured out yeah. along these lines and that it's really okay to show our kids that we're in process with this stuff. Th- um, that's That's the main thing to let them know when we have a critique of the world and and let them even know, yeah, there's ways this has really confused me about myself in mm. my life. And um, I always am, am aware of that inside myself. And so anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to hold us out as having it all figured out, but yeah. more saying let's be in a conscious process inside of ourselves and in our families in terms of how images of girls and women come in at us yeah. and how they live inside us.
1: And letting her know we think much more highly of her than uh, w- the world in some ways. Yes. We d- really do. Yes. And, w- and um, we don't believe anything about these external images that, as it applies to her. I no. Th- I mean, on the contrary.
0: Absolutely yeah. not. And Absolutely
1: so not. Uh, so it's also an effect Know uh, an effort to a- always offer a counterweight uh, to these imageries to these images,
0: and, and uh, you were saying how many billions and billions of dollars are spent on the advertising. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, there's uh, just an enormous inters- industry waiting the other side, you yes. know, that right the organizing resources to get my daughter to hate her body so that she will become yet another generation of woman who spends most of her money on self improvements to her her appearance Mm -hmm. and so we do need to be the counterweight to that Um, it is a big force operating against us and against our girls but what it doesn't have is the relationship I've got the relationship with my daughter that means she trusts what I have to say an awful lot. And if I can keep that relationship really strong, then what I have to say and what I live and how I am with her has a greater chance of being a really sizable counterweight to the billions spent on anti-woman marketing.
1: Right. Right. Well, yeah. we'd
0: love your thoughts on this, what you're figuring out in your homes with your girls out in the world. And if you're interested in organizing around um, getting local stores to stop showing misogynistic images of women and girls, um, reach out. I'd love to know what yeah. you're figuring out about it. Drop maybe, us a we'll, line. maybe we'll join forces. Yeah. Take care, you all. Take care. Until next time.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.